Hello, I am Sultan Muhammad in Pakistan. You are listening to the English Sabad School podcast, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello, dear friends. I'm Malsaina for the English Sabad School podcast. Lesson six. Can you believe it? For Thursday, no, 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 Carmen, Carmencita. It's not Tuesday. It's Thursday, February eighth. 2024. Today's title: The Lord's Judgment and the Sanctuary. Is there any connection with that? We shall find out. But first, let us pray. Oh Father, thank you for your mercy, your love, for reminding us that you are the righteous Judge that will one day put everything right. Until then, Father, hold us close to you. Help us to share with others the good news of salvation and to seek mercy at the mercy seat. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And the lesson, as usually, starts with a question, a long-winded question, and then some verses that we're going to be reading. The question is, where does God's judgment take place? And what are the implications of the answer for us? And how does the sanctuary help us understand how God will deal with evil? That's a very dear issue and subject to all Seventh-day Adventists. If you're not, study more and try, try to understand more the idea, uh, the teaching that we hold about the sanctuary, the heavenly sanctuary, and what Jesus is doing for us up there. I myself don't understand it so clearly. <laughs> But focus, Mo, focus. Open your Bibles here. Open your Bibles to... The, to Psalms 96, verses 6 through 10. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Remember, we're not, talking, we're not studying the entire Psalms most of the time, but we're studying uh, specific sections based on a theme, on a common uh, subject or issue. This week, we're studying about God's justice and that one day He will arise and bring peace and justice to our world. Psalms 96, 6 through 10. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all your families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world's firmly established, it cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Psalm 99, 1-4 The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion, he is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great, your great and awesome name. He is holy, the King is mighty, he loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, you have done what is just and right. Psalm 132, 7 through 9. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool, saying, Arise, Lord, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests be clothed with your righteousness. May your faithful people sing for joy. And Psalm 132, verses 13 through 18. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it, desired it for his dwelling, saying, This is my resting place forever and ever. Here I will sit enthroned, for I have desired it. I will bless her with abundant provisions. Her poor I will satisfy with food. 
I will clothe her priests with salvation, and her faithful people will ever sing for joy. Here I will make a horn grow for David, and set up a lamp for my anointed one. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but his head will be adorned with a radiant crown. So here we go back to the questions. Huh? These verses are not so easy. Where does God's judgment take place? And what are the implications of the answer for us? Well, according to what I could gather there, they were referring to Zion, to the heavenly, uh, to the earthly temple, to the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem and was rebuilt after the captivity. So is it what they are referring to here only? And how does a sanctuary help us understand how God will deal with evil? Think about it, meditate about it. Studying the lesson is to be thinking, to uh, and uh, being ready to accept different ideas and digest, ruminate over those ideas. The lesson goes on. The Lord's judgment is closely related to the sanctuary. The sanctuary was the environment where the psalmist's understanding of the problem of evil was transformed. The sanctuary was designated as the place of divine judgment, as indicated by the judgment of Urim and by the breastplate of judgment of the high priest. Accordingly, many psalms depict God on his throne in the sanctuary, ready to judge the world for its sin and evil. At the sanctuary, the plan of salvation was revealed. In paganism, sin was understood primarily as a physical stain to be eliminated by magic rites. In contrast, the Bible presents sin as a violation of God's moral law. God's holiness means that he loves justice and righteousness. Likewise, God's people should pursue justice and righteousness and should worship God in his holiness. To do that, they must keep God's law, which is an expression of his holiness. Thus, the sanctuary is a place of forgiveness of sin and restoration of righteousness, as indicated by the mercy seat of God's throne and the sacrifice of righteousness. Yet the God who forgives takes vengeance upon the weak deeds of unrepentant people. The practical implications of the sanctuary being the place of divine judgment are seen in the constant awareness of God's holiness and demands for righteous living according to God's covenantal requirements. The Lord's judgment from Zion results in the well-being of the righteous and the defeat of the wicked. The sanctuary fostered a jubilant expectation, the jubilant expectations of the Lord's coming as the judge, especially during the Day of Atonement. Likewise, the Psalms strengthen the certainty of the impending arrival of the divine judge, namely, Jesus Christ in the heavenly sanctuary, as we interpret Revelation 11, 15, 19. So we're encouraged to read Romans 8.34. So open our Bibles. Come on, move it, move it. Romans 8.34 says the following from the NIV. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Amen. How does this verse show us that what Christ is doing in the heavenly sanctuary is good news for his people? Very nice. But uh, they didn't mention at all during the whole text for today, the heavenly sanctuary. They refer to Zion, they refer to the function of the sanctuary, and then suddenly they throw it in the question <laughs> and get around it. Okay, okay. But anyway, this is less... 
<laughs> Focus mode. This is lesson six for Thursday, February 8th. For more information about the sanctuary, talk to somebody else because I really don't understand this. But <laughs> but for other information, please get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram, Believes UNESP. Tell your friends about your podcast, about our podcast available on any podcast platform. Pretty please rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us lest we vanish off the face of the earth. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying with us and for us. <laughs>